Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 442 podcast. I'm Zermatani, as as always. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, I've gone so long without messing with you. Hey, just again. keep it rolling. Keep that it rolling, guys. In, Let's yeah. go. Take hey, two. hey, I'm, that, that's me. That's okay. That's my part. Tony, you go. Uh, what? Yeah, no. I'm you just got to let, let me restart this. Yeah. Let me restart this. Crap. Yeah, yeah. Give me, give me some, give me a second. He's had a rough weekend. So. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 442 Podcast. I'm Azair Madhani, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Tommy Sandy. Hello, hello. And the newly locked down Tony O. Morning, boys. Yeah, I'd ask, uh, how was your weekend? Kind of tough to talk, right? But, you know. Um, yeah, how was your weekend? Sure, let's get start with that. No, 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 no. We're not sorry, starting Tony. with that, Tony. <laughs> it is all about your weekend. Yeah. Well, okay. I uh, guess I'll announce to the world that I am now. Well, I proposed on Saturday. She said yes. So, um, yeah. Guess I'm engaged. Yeah. Guess Big congrats, yeah. man. Yeah, Big huge congrats. Man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It was uh, it was nice of Arsenal to you know win before, because would have been conflicting <laughs> emotions. Now would that would that have yes. uh. Yes. Delayed the engagement in any way <laughs> uh, if Arsenal had lost. No, not delayed, but, you know, let's just <laughs> say it's good that they won. Yeah. But, you would have uh, been a lot less happy in the pictures. Ah, uh, yeah. Maybe. I actually <laughs> smiled, man. It was crazy. Like, this it's is unreal. The, yeah. the amount of effort that I have to go through to get you to smile in a photo, and you did this all on your own. Oh, Fantastic no. stuff. Oh, yeah. I've never seen Tony smile in a photo. Yeah. When do you when do you get an oh, He's taking photos with you, Tommy. Jeez. But anyways, Tony, Tony, well done. Congratulations. Cheers, man. Cheers. But uh yeah. Way to steal the Premier League's thunder on opening weekend. <laughs> yeah. I mean if you want we can turn our attentions to uh, you know, our first game this year, if you're that desperate to dive in. Yeah. You know what? One of these days, Man United won't be first on the running order for this podcast. (laughs) Just one of these days. (laughs) That's all I want. Um, Not this day. Not this day, because Man United won, Brighton 2. Well, welcome to Manchester, Eric. Here's the size of the job you have. Uh, Should we just wind uh, Zara up and let him go? I feel like Go ahead. I was gonna say I feel like you know you remember how rough it was for Zaire the last few weeks of the season there, where it's just like you know same thing. There was really nothing <laughs> worth talking about. Man, it's just he's like we're gonna be right back there, man. It's just sooner. <laughs> he did it to himself. He predicted United to finish top four. This is what happens. <laughs> no, no, no. I said it at the time, and um, I stand by it. I predicted them to finish top four because both of your teams are pricks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, how uh, how did the game stack up to your preseason performances? Was it everything you expected? Was there, or? Oh, it was not as nice as the preseason. Turns out when teams aren't playing their backups, it's a lot harder to play through them. 
Yeah. I I don't know. I just I looked at the I looked at the lineup before the game. I'm just like I don't understand how United are starting the season with this team. It's crazy. Like Well, it's a lot of the same old issues. Now, one thing was that there was no striker. We didn't have a striker to start the game. Um, And I don't think the system worked without the striker. Because I think Christian Eriksen was playing as a false nine, but he's not a false nine. He's drifting back too much. And we looked a lot better when we moved him back into midfield in the second half and brought on Ronaldo. Um, Martial being injured, unfortunate. Can't do much about that. Ronaldo being a prick, you know, Ronaldo's going to Ronaldo. But it highlighted the lack of depth in the squad. It, it, it's the year of our Lord, 2022, and McFred is still starting in midfield. What have I done to deserve this? What sins have I committed? Fred got subbed up at halftime, right? Or was it uh, 55th minute? Or so. yeah. He was the first sub. He was the first sub. And rightly so. You could have subbed off either one of them. They were both pretty bad. I thought McDonald um, was worse, personally. He was pretty... Yeah. He should have been sent off twice. That oh, game, I know actually. that yeah. one. What was, what that was one the challenge one? he had his studs on. Who was the studs on? I forget now, but he missed time. His pass Paisado, and then I think. goes yeah. right into. Man, I don't know how McTominay. I don't know what he's doing in training. Like I, I know this guy based. I think based on his social media, he is. He's a really fast like runner. I think he ran like a five k in like fifteen something. But like beyond that. I honestly don't know how this guy gets in United men. Like, this, it's he's because terrible. we need we need aggression in central midfield, and he's our only aggressive central midfielder. Except he can't channel that aggression properly. Yeah. Um, and you you know what else? What else I saw? Just one thing is like, what happened to uh, finishing in this team? Like Bruno's freaking chance oh, at the top of the box. Like, it, man. Jesus. like, like what yeah. happened to this guy? Like, where's where's the Simple finishes, you think? Either Rashford one that I'm sure you guys, uh, yeah. um, you saw that. Like, how how bad has it gotten that you can't even do simple finishes like with these players? I, I just don't get it. I'm Big get- shout out to Mango the Beagle for getting me through this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that picture. Um, how much of this is on Ten Hag as well, then? Because like, I don't know. I've I I've I've always felt like. United need a manager that can coach, right? And we know Tenag is a brilliant coach. Like, we've seen it um, in his time at Ajax. It looks like he has no interest in fixing what's going on behind the scenes. Like, or, or taking that on. And I just don't know if it can work if he doesn't do that. I'm not throwing him under the bus after game week one. Yeah, yeah. They, same way, same way that I shouldn't have gotten over the top on United's chances after last season's game week one. I'm, you know, I'm upset that they lost, but I'm also but not it, setting everything on fire yet. This isn't about the result. Throw away the result. My United are not in a good state going into the like. Say the game hadn't happened yet. This pursuit of De Jong, for instance is surely it's driven by him otherwise why else would you guys be going for i mean you're being linked now with arnautovic not even linked you guys bid for arnautovic eight million he's 33 he's 33 years old 
another link to Tanag. Like, he's citing everyone from the Eredivisie. Like, I get it. Your director of football is an idiot, right? Like, who is it? Is it Fletcher or Murnau? I don't even know. Like, uh, it's Murtal. Yeah, but I don't know. It just feels like... And then there's the whole Ronaldo situation where United put out a statement saying De Gea and Ronaldo were allowed to go home. And then he goes to Dutch media and says, actually, fuck that. Nobody said he can go home. He's just doing whatever he wants. Like, I get that you want to attack culture, but then you're being divisive as well. And then he punishes Ronaldo by not starting him, but then he brings him off the bench when you're losing. Hey, look, I get it. Like, it is just game one, but he has to bear responsibility as well for some of the decisions that he's making because this De Jong pursuit means you haven't signed anyone else right in that position and a lot of good players have moved the state of the club is desperate right now um I don't know uh, it's gonna be a long old season for me, but hey, wait, 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 from, apparently that's that's great for our fucking content, isn't that? Oh no, it is. Another it's season of YouTube just draining my mental health. <laughs> uh, I'll give you one more. So uh, David Ornstein reported that United are potentially working on a deal for Adrian Rabio. Uh, now there's a panic buy if oh, I ever saw one. Rabio. Of all the players that have moved in this window, you end up with Arnautovic and Rapio. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that would be truly some some pickup there, desperate pickup for sure. All right, moving on. Before, <laughs> uh, before I just leave, one one week into the season, you can't we're, be doing this to me already. We're back. We're back, Fulham guys. Two, Fulham 2, Liverpool 2. Oh, let's up my mood a little bit. Big Metro. Metro. Let's go, Big Metro. Oh, I love it. Hey, I love hey, seeing what that. What was that? 43 goals in the championship last season? Two out of 43 so far this season. Yeah, he's on yeah, track I... for 76 goals this year. Like, That's insane. Yeah. Jeez. Hey, uh, it's not going to happen. But um, No, no. That... Hey, 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 hey. I will not be hearing Big Metro slander on this podcast. At first, it will on. happen. We believe in Metro. Uh, okay. <laughs> that first goal, um, I mean, look, Trent's, Trent is the one fullback you want defending the far post if you're a striker. It's mm-hmm. just useless in that position. Yeah. But at the same time, not a lot of players are going to yeah, stop Mitrovic in that position. He is, like, he monsters In Trent. the air, he's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I think Fulham... I mean, they were. Fortunate. I think they surprised Liverpool. I think they surprised Liverpool with how aggressive they were. You know, what, you know, what I think because so unlike um, Mane, right? Uh, Luis Diaz doesn't make a lot of runs in behind. So when you push up against Liverpool, they only really had one outlet until they brought on Nunez. Because for like fifteen minutes in that second half, they actually had Liverpool pinned back until Klopp went to that option and brought on Nunez. And I think within like a minute or two, um, they had someone else to exploit that space in behind. Uh, Nunez should have scored. For some reason, he decided not to shoot. But um, yeah, I uh, Liverpool got out of jail 
um, somehow. I don't understand the magic that Nini has had with that that finish. I don't know what that is like. I swear to God, Darwin Nunez is going to score 25 to 30 goals this season, and he's not going to know a single thing about any one of them. Yeah. He had the exact... We, he had the same chance, like, three minutes before. Made a decent connection, but the keeper saved it. But the second one, yeah. It took about five minutes for the commentator to decide that he actually touched it. Which, yeah. I, w- I will say I mean, though, it just that... cannoned back off the defender and then back off him. In fairness to Nunez, the runs he was making were great. He was getting himself into the positions. Um, it's just between that and the assist, it, air quotations if we can call it that, that just kind of, he tried to control it and it just bounced off him and Salah was like, thank you, I'll, I'll take care of this from here. And then he tries to I pass just... it off like it was a layoff. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's a bad first touch. Relax. Yeah. Hey, I- I will say though that um, that pr- I think this pretty much ends Firmino, man. Given that uh, you know Darwin came in and had that effect after Firmino's poor first half, um, I, I just think like that's like okay, Darwin, you're in. You're starting that from now on. Hey, I'm not sure. Hey, know. Tommy. Um, Tommy, would you say with uh, Darwin oh. coming on and Firmino fading away, would you say it's a bit of a evolution of Liverpool's front three? Um. Tony, what's your thoughts on that one? Uh, uh-uh. That is, that. that is a high-quality Charles Darwin joke. Yeah, it is high-quality. I mean, it works, if that's what you mean by high-quality. But, um, yeah. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. They play Crystal Palace next. I would be surprised if Nunez comes straight in, but you never know. He does have the physicality to match up against some other players. So, yeah. But um, they're still missing Jota, right? Like, he's out. Yeah. Do we know how long he's out for? Because he's been uh, a big I'm miss, not even I sure what, what is it. What is it what's, what's the injury with Jota? Uh, should probably have checked this beforehand. But, um, yeah. This is 100% something we should have looked up. Yeah. You know, uh, I will say, though, hamstring. this game. Hamstring. Okay. Okay, yeah. got you. I will say, though, it was refreshing in this game to see just like an old school bullying striker out there with Mitrovic. Like even when he um, uh, drew the penalty, you know, he made Van Dyke. Not many people make Van Dyke look like, uh, you know, he's out of place. He runs so slowly. But it's he is so, so much fun to watch him dribble. <laughs> yeah. Like compared to everyone else on the field, he moves so slowly, but it's very menacing. It's like one of those um, giant destroyer battleships. It turns very slowly, but once the cat, once you're in the cannon sights, you're fucked. Tommy, because uh, Zara and I had this conversation. Did you think that was a penalty? Um, I mean, we 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 kind of glossed over uh, in the United one. I forgot that one on um. Well back. That was a penalty, uh, right? Why are we going back? I, I, I just <laughs> had to go. Because we had we've, we've already on. had some bad respect the running order. <laughs> we've already had some bad refing decisions out here. That was and it's penalty. only gig week one. And yeah. I was like, I'll look at that one. So this one just like you know, compared to that one, no it's not. But I still think it is a penalty, yeah. The uh metro one? Okay. I yeah. I think he looks for the contacts initiates the contact and goes down but it's bad defending from van dyke not often yeah. you say that he's caught square but um 
Yeah, as you were saying, Tommy, it's the return of the tall forward. That's been a running theme this season. It looks like City, they have theirs. Liverpool have theirs. Even Fulham are bringing out theirs, and they're all doing well. So, might be I something mean, to watch. Do we wanna? Do we wanna just quickly talk about the City game because um, we yeah, just spoke about Liverpool? It, yeah. um, Tony, I believe you referred to Erling Holland as the Terminator, and um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Honestly. Fucking terrifying. Honestly. We're all fucked, aren't we? Yeah. We're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Like, uh, City just... Like, in the first half, they're just passing the ball, passing the ball. Gundogan has that little turn at the top of the box, dagger ball. The touch from Mahalan to round the keeper is excellent. And then... Because, I mean, if he doesn't get brought down, he's tapping it into an empty net. Um... But Why the is second, he so fast? I don't know, He's man. so big, no, and he's so fast. He's got a good touch as well. Good finish. Like, that second goal. Because I was watching, and I was thinking to myself, wow, West Ham are actually pinning back City for once. Like, you know, they're having a goal. They're pushing, pushing, putting them under pressure. Oh, De Bruyne's got space. Oh, there's space in me. Oh, Haaland's in. Oh, yeah. Like, there's just <laughs> never any doubt. You know when strikers run through? There's a chance. And then you're looking at Holland's body language and it's like, it's killer mentality, yeah, man. It's you just, just know. Bang, yeah. Right in the corner. No it, ma- even the penalty. Like It's the w- it's the way he's like, because sh- he was running onto the ball. The ball was on his right when he was running onto it. And then he managed to shape it onto his left to finish. And the way he did that was... Um, his, his strike pattern. I mean, from strike. a Man United point of view, not <laughs> ideal. <laughs> we were de- we were definitely saying at the start of the season like oh yeah KDB Holland they're gonna just like tear it apart it's like we now have the evidence it's like that ball from KDB was so perfect to set up the the, the chance for Holland um, like I can just see like these guys are gonna be running riot every game and Holland's just making so many runs yeah. even in that game so many runs behind the line and once once they start gelling this team and they start recognizing and getting the ball like like for example someone like Grealish he's not like uh, oh I'm going to pass it uh, through first he wants to keep the ball but let's say he starts getting it and seeing you know Holland make those runs and giving it to him man they're going to be so deadly and yeah how, how did they get him how is this allowed? How is City allowed to get Haaland? I hate this. It sucks. <laughs> it's just uh, too good. Yeah, for fifty-one million pounds. That's the release clause. Like, this is West Ham. You know, they're not a. They're not a shit team. They're a decent team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they, they didn't have a kick on their own patch. It's like, man, I, whatever, man, like. I said let's, last um, week let's, that's let's, not going to be a time on. challenge. Yeah, sure. Let's move on. To, let's are, move on. Um, on to? Pal- Palace nil. Palace nil. Arsenal too. Um, great start to the season for Arsenal. Good win and a tough ground to go to. Brilliant first 25 minutes, I thought. Yeah. Gabriel Jesus was running all over them first half. But if there's, if there's one thing this Arsenal team needs, needs to learn how to do, it's to blitz teams. Like, take advantage of your periods when you're on top. They got one goal. In that first 25 minutes, they should have had two or three. And, um, I mean, Paris, like you said, they're one of the, outside of the top six, I think that's one of the hardest grounds to go to. 
and you want to take advantage of those periods. Uh, Martinelli missed an open goal after Jesus went past like five players. Um, Odegaard has the Ozil gene where he just will not shoot if it's not perfect. But um, yeah, unlike last season when we got slapped at this ground three, no? Um, we actually had some defensive resilience this time. I'm really enjoying Ben White on the right as a right back. He's a good alternative to Tomiyasu. It's nice to not see Zaha laughing at Cedric. And, um, <laughs> but William Saliba, man. Yeah. I told you guys last season that uh, you missed a trick not having him in your best U20s uh, list. Right. Or U21 list. He's a special, special talent. Oh, yeah. Um, man. Why was he on loan last season? I understand the season before, but last season he was very good uh, when he was playing for, was it Marseille? Yep, he was Young Player of the Year in France, which is no mean feat considering Italian. Yeah. That um, Did Arteta just not give him a shot? Is that what happened? or? Uh, so I think there was something going on, some controversy. There were, there's so many theories, right? <laughs> Those old period where... Oh sit. baby, give me give me the spiciest theories. Spiciest, um, okay. Arteta hates um, Saliba. Uh, Arsenal had to pay um, Saint Etienne ten million every time Saliba plays. All sorts of nonsense. Like what I think is Wait, when Arteta first ten million every time he plays. Yeah, the, look, I just <laughs> <laughs> told you. Can't, so, I can't believe that one. No. Yeah, what I think happened is. When Arteta first came in, Saliba was terrible. He was a child. He's 18. I mean, still a child, really. But he was 18 years old. He was really poor in the air in his first season. And Arteta felt he wasn't ready. Sent him out on loan. Or wanted to send him out on loan. But because it, like the backroom staff, they dropped the ball, basically. They didn't concentrate. They messed up his loan. So his loan transfer didn't go through, but Arsenal had submitted their team squad. So Saliba was not registered for the Europa League, and there was some kind of falling out internally because of that. So the season after, they didn't want anything. They didn't want to wait. They didn't want anything. They sent him out on loan in January to Nice. He ended up getting in team of the year in France, in Ligue 1. And then the next season... Before the transfer window is basically open, they've finalized a deal to Marseille. So, look, he's 21 years old. He's played a lot of football at his age. I'm just happy he's playing for us, man, because he might be our best center back already, which is saying something. So, yeah. Definitely yeah. the star. The star of that show, for sure. Um, and, yeah, I agree. This guy looks like, uh, looks like a uh, real talent, that's for sure. That's unfortunate, isn't it? Um, on the Crystal <laughs> Palace side, on the Crystal Palace side, um, the big struggle for them will be replacing Connor Gallagher, who's now back at Chelsea after his loan. Shake uh, Decore, I thought he played relatively well. Do you think he'll be able to um, step into Gallagher's boots? I thought for a second there, there you're gonna be like. They're having a big time replacing Christian Benteke. I thought for a second you're going that route. I'm like, <laughs> I should have. Should have. Oh, it was so funny. But um, basically, what I'm asking is, uh, did Decore check all the boxes? Ah, good. There, there we go. There, that's a little bit better. I like that one better. There, uh, there. Thank you. Thank you. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's tough to replace Gallagher, right? Because he had such a great a great season there with um, with Palace. And, I mean, Palace has always been, I mean, like Tony said, they won 3-0 here last year, right? They've just always been like a, a strong defensive side. It's just really going to be about the goals for them. And can, uh, can you know, Decorey supply that for midfield? I mean, it's one game. We'll see. Um, you know, we can't jump the gun on it, whether he's going to be a, a star of that show or not. But, yeah, I, th- I don't think they were terrible Palace, right? You wouldn't say so? I mean, if Eberichi Eze could have taken that one-on-one chance, uh, it could have been a very different, different, different game. And that's like the yeah, true couple. Nigerian. Yeah, don't depress yourself ahead of that World Cup. Well, <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's all good. Uh, oh, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's a good thing Canada made it. You'll still have someone to root for. Yeah, probably for the best. Um, <laughs> we'll move on. Um, as uh, Chelsea took a break from getting bullied in the uh, transfer market by Barcelona oh, uh, to beat Everton one 0 and um, for that pun, I'd like to thank friend of the pod, Oliver Lance. If anyone else has puns they'd like me to say on the podcast, <laughs> please send them in. I will do my best to work them in. Hey, round of applause for Oliver. That was a good pun. Really good pun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you Show, applaud his puns, us. but not mine. <laughs> yeah. Showing us how it's done right yeah, there. Yeah. Um, Unbelievable. This was the worst game of the weekend. Like, <laughs> I, I was falling asleep, like, trying to... I was trying to stay up and watch. It just kept falling asleep. It's like, wow. Hey, if, if Two this teams, is what... neither of whom have strikers. Oh, man. It was a, yeah, it's a penalty. It's like, how did Chelsea score? I just remembered it was a penalty. Um, hey, it's, you know, you know Jorginho is going to be our top scorer this season. You know, <laughs> you just know <laughs> it's going to happen. Oh, my hey, gosh. listen, I'll take, the three, I'll take the three points here. Like, I, I think we got bailed out from... You know, Mendy making some some great contribution and saves, and then yeah, Thiago Silva bailing us out whenever there was any danger. Um, you guys play thought, three at the back, right? Yeah, yeah. How is I Thiago thought, Silva always back there by himself? He's, <laughs> what is he, going you know what? on? It's kid. <laughs> yeah, you're right. What is going on? I feel like uh, I don't. I think Kulabali had a decent game out there for his for his debut. Um, but yeah, no. I Thiago didn't Silva think he just, was that good. I, I, I thought he was like average at best. Well, I mean, like Aspilicueta did not do very well. Uh, they asked him. We gave him a two-year deal. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's brilliant. That's a, think about think about that back three. Tiago Silva's how old? 37, 38 now. He's gonna oh, be thirty-eight in his next 30s. month. Yeah, thirty-eight now. Yeah. No, next Kulabali's month. Kulabali's yeah. at least 30, 31. Yeah. And he's the youngest guy in your back line. This is this is why we we were after so many center backs. You know what I mean? Kunde, Delict, like we were after these guys. Nothing should have. This is why we're spending, but to spend eighty plus million for Fana, like you, it's gonna happen. Like we're gonna spend huge money on someone because we desperately need a center back. This is why when you got rid of Tomori, it was such a stupid idea because he's a perfect, would perfect fit for this team. Hey man, just play Malang Sar. And then yeah, you have Sar who you know he may he may on, on his way out actually. So yeah. um, we won't be able to. But I'm gonna miss him. Listen, he was good for the. League. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. No. Um, yeah, both teams. Both teams here. We're talking about how the 
return of the striker here. You had Haaland, you had Nunez, you had Mitrovic all having good games. Uh, lack. There was a lack of uh, a striker in this game here. Like Havertz, I believe that he has, at his last 23 Premier League appearances, I think he has two goals. Yep. He wants the Chelsea way. He wasn't even just playing like, up front. I don't know what Tuchel was doing. He was playing on the left. Yeah, he had Sterling. He up had front. Sterling. And then he had Mount on the right. I'm like, yeah. that doesn't look it right. Didn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't even work, honestly. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it worries me um, because Tuchel has not figured out his front line yet. And well, I don't know. everybody. He's yeah, Timo is off back to uh, Timo is Leipzig off. Now. Yes, I heard about that. Actually, that's yeah. Not not, not enough sad. noise is made about the fact that Chelsea essentially bought Lukaku and Timo Werner for about 150 million, and they're both walking out the door for free. That is nuts. Like, well, well, is Werner? No, no, they're, oh, get, they're getting they're getting, getting like 25 for Timo. Yeah, are they actually okay? Yeah, uh, he has a few years left on the contract. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I saw. But listen, Tony, you made you made a fair point on on literally nothing. We spent all the money on nothing, and then <laughs> out the door. Yeah, it's it's. Listen, we got the win, so can, I can celebrate that three points. I can take that, and um, hopefully we we uh, figure things out. Maybe uh, maybe like it just honestly, it's just there's. What striker is there to buy for us? It's too it's just, late. It's just, You've waited too long. Uh, yeah, it's Arkevich. too late. There's there's not many people available. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean... Yeah, I bought, you can I, challenge us for Marco Arnaut today. Hey, you did we'll get one. into a bidding there war. <laughs> Aubameyang, you sent it, right? Ooh, Tony, you, to, so you sent it out, remember? Yeah, Aubameyang or it, oh, Cristiano. Ronaldo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, nah. yeah, I mean, I feel like... I feel like Chelsea 100% will do some late panic buy for some player. It's going to happen... Um, well, who that will be, I have no idea. But we desperately need—we can't be playing Havertz up top, false nine. Like play him in his, play him as a number ten. Let him excel in a position where he's supposed to play. Let's maybe, maybe let's get some creativity in this team. Let's get ZX some. I don't know what he's got to do to get consistent time out here, but maybe, maybe you shouldn't have sold Tammy Abraham. Oh, you yeah. see, I mean, we just sell the guys who would be great right now in our team. Yeah. If you guys get Aubameyang, by the way, that's gonna be fun for me. Like, I'm going to enjoy that so much. <laughs> yeah, Tony, how would you feel about Aubameyang? Oh, I'd love it. <laughs> you would love it? Yeah, because okay. he would be shit. <laughs> so I would love it, man. You're talking. You no, know, he hasn't been that bad for Barca in these when he's played. Okay, sign him. Good, tell me. Good, <laughs> good, good. Not to, think this way, hey, please. Not to think say this that way. I, I don't. I want to steer you, as far away from dude, him as we can. You think Tuchel hates low touch strikers? Just wait. So Aubameyang's in that team. It's, yeah, it's going to be great. Look, no, you've, I don't know, man. Chelsea, it's clear they have no strategy, at least in the transfer market. The players you keep going for are so random that, like, yeah. I kind of, I just yeah. feel for Sterling because he's a player I like, and he's trying to do Sterling things in there, and he's just looking lost, but, hey. It's only one game and you won. So you It's know. only one game, yeah. Exactly. We won. Don't forget about that. We yeah. won, guys. Come on. Against Everton, man. That's a big deal for this pod. <laughs> like, on, well, yeah. usually we drop points, so yeah. that's true. Yeah. Yeah, the teams of this podcast are just the uh, Everton Survival Fund at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll move on to Spurs spanking Southampton 4 1. Um, 
Dayan Kulusevski had a phenomenal game. Goal and an assist. Brilliant assist for um, Sessegnon's opener. Yeah. Um, or I guess equalizer, I should say. Just, they look good. They've started off the season strong. You know. Well, the, uh, the you said equalizer. I just remembered the Ward Prowse goal. Yeah, that was a brilliant technique on his uh, his finish. He bounced the uh, shot into the ground and put a top corner, bounced the top corner. It was actually he can, brilliant. He can goal. strike a ball. He can yeah. strike a ball. Like, it doesn't have to be a set piece. Just yeah. about anyone. Dude should have played rugby, man. Be a fantastic kicker, <laughs> honestly. The only the goal that sticks out in my head is Salisu's goal, man. What is he doing? Oh my god! He, one of the funniest own goals I've ever seen. He's trying to clear it and kicks it the wrong way. It's fucking hilarious. Do you remember when they when Chelsea played Southampton like last uh, spring? We I think we trounced them. I can them. already tell you. I don't remember. Yeah, it, okay, I remember was, the score, but I don't remember. Yeah, is that the one was running all over the place? Yeah, yeah. Runner had a good game. Salisu had I think like maybe he had a, he had one own goal, but he had the torrid time. Oh man, this just reminded me like of that right there because uh, he always, he's always due for some sort of brain fart, man. Southampton, man. We said it last point. We didn't predict them to go down, but they, yeah, not good. Uh, they should be involved in that relegation. Yep, point, yeah, I think. I, yeah. I think so. I think they're at least squad quality wise, they're up there, especially now that they've lost Braha. They just, yeah devoid of quality but um i mean the one thing that was that stood out for me on the spurs side was also when they did make subs to see out the game they're bringing on the likes of Bisuma, the likes of perisic and you're like hmm there's some quality and experience on the bench now yeah spurs are shit don't worry about it <laughs> all right yeah. uh, i don't, don't. know I'm not I don't break I your, believe don't Tony. break your I neck looking up the Tony table here. at them. Yeah. You're one to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. My neck hurts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's right. move on. Let's um, move on. Bournemouth back in the Premier League, picking up a big 2 0 win against Aston Villa. And Tommy, let's oh, talk I about one of the best coming. young managers in the is. world. Now 28 games played, 10-1, 7 draws, 11 losses. Am I talking about Steven Gerrard at Aston Villa or Gary Neville at Valencia? Which, might I remind you, Gary Neville at Valencia is widely considered one of the most disastrous appointments of all time. Uh, yeah, not not ideal, but you'd be saying both. That's how I'm going to exactly. put my answer on. So let me ask you this. Let me, as a follow-up question, if you may, uh, Tommy, Mr. Sondi, if I may, um, why is one of the best young managers in world football sitting here with the same record as Gary fucking Neville? I'd like to remind you, you um, that opinion. Like, we, we didn't ask for that. You just gave it right to me out of nowhere. It was hey, so hilarious. Like, you know what? Sometimes Tommy likes to give us gifts, and we know. gladly accept those gifts. Hey, sometimes, uh, sometimes you make mistakes. Okay, and, uh, we're at that point. Okay, because we're alone. Hey, listen, oh, no, 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 oh, no, 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 We're not at that point. Listen, yeah, I'll give him some. I'm giving him some more time. You to know, do first what? game of a new, first game of the new season with you know he's got some new players in there. Listen, okay, if, but what uh, about the wanna, previous twenty-seven games? <laughs> if you want to come, yeah, listen. 
if you want to come, we'll come back after. You know what's a good uh, sample this size? Man, are we six, gonna go ten six, games eight again? Games? Ten, games. No, 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 ten I, games again? I don't this think is we need ten be games. Sancho all over again. You know what? You can eight eight games. Do we you start Gerard watch? Yeah, Gerard watch. He might not be here right. in eight games if we continue. Give him like eight this. games, okay? Yeah. And then let's see how this team performs, responds. Then and listen, I may have to backtrack on my comments. And and you know what? It could just be the fact that uh, Lampard. This man, this man went out and signed Diego Carlos from Sevilla. Yep. That's a that's the worst possible defender he could sign if he wants to actually defend. Yep. I, I think he's. And um, you know, having Lampard in the league, maybe they're just uh, they're just competing again. You know, they're just competing for that spot. Unfortunately, the spot this time is who's the shittiest manager. You know, that's the, so, that's the problem. So, so is this where I call for Michael Carrick to get a management job in the Premier League like he deserves? Get him like at United. Have gotten with England him, all the, yeah, all that time United, ago. Man. Tell you what, he's been our best manager of the last year. So why not? Yeah. <laughs> that big draw against Chelsea is highlight. <laughs> no, he beat Arsenal. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, did he? Two I points, know. both of you. Oh. Yeah, he was in charge when we beat you. <laughs> I didn't remember that. Nice. <laughs> Good. Block it from your memory. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the last few games of the weekend. Um, Newcastle beating Forest 2 0. Uh, rough welcome back to the Premier League for Forest, but a couple of great goals from Newcastle. Man, I'm loving. I'm loving Joe into the midfield. He is just like a great driver of the ball. He's not not hesitant to like take on players. Uh, he's fun to watch, man. This Newcastle team is gonna be fun to watch, I think, um, with everyone kind of just like, you know, they got goals from everywhere on the pitch, which is a very good indicator of a successful team. Like that Fabian share goal, I mean, that that's just brilliant, man. Right in the top corner from outside the box, um, and we were talking about strikers. And look at Callum Wilson, you know? What a finish. Unreal. Beautiful. Outside of the foot, chipping the keeper from, what, eight yards out? Just just brilliant. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Tell you what, if Um, he stays fit, he has a chance, you know, going to the the World Cup. I think he... That's always been the the big question with him, though. The injury record is so bad. He's so good when he plays. He got, what, 15 or so goals a season for Bournemouth when he was with them? Yeah. And a ton more in the championship. So, um, yeah, one to watch. But he's he's a really good player, and he makes that team so much better when he's fit. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's a chance. Yeah. And we also have um, Leicester letting a two-goal lead slip against Brentford. Final score two-two there. I mean, it's not the ideal start for Leicester. They were in the driver's seat, looking good after what has been a very turbulent summer. I don't know if we mentioned it on the pod, but they have sold Casper Schmeichel, their longtime captain. Um it's They haven't uh, signed any, they haven't signed anyone yet, nope. have they? No signings. Yeah, zero signings, yeah. It's no, you strange. talk about them potentially losing Fofana as well. There's talks about Newcastle trying to get uh Madison. Yeah, Tillemans as well is linked away. Might end up at United, who knows? The Schmeichel one is really random, man. Like, because they don't have a backup keeper of any quality. So, it's not like they're bringing one in. I don't know, man. It's like they've given up. It's like they've... You know, you will say, though, like, Schmeichel, he has been on the decline. He has. I agree. Yeah. And he's... How old is Schmeichel now? 
He's I mean, 32. He is like ter- no, no, he's older, no, older than that. Older than that. Like oh, okay, okay. Maybe. Um, wow. Yeah, he's 35. Which, which Michael? Which Michael? I know he was going into the last year of his contract. He is on the decline, and I think he just wanted a new challenge at this point. I, I, he given his heart and soul for Leicester, and I think they just let him go. Yeah, I think my point but it really is, is more... It is weird that there's no replacement. Exactly. Like, I do agree with yeah, that. Yeah, they don't link... Yeah. I mean, they were briefly linked with Leno, but they just... They don't really seem like they want to do any business. It's strange, but... Okay. We did say Rodgers might walk, and if they sell all of his players, yeah. I mean, if Chelsea come in with a 80-plus mil bid for Fafana, why would they say no? You know, with that with that money... It's hard. It's hard. They did it with Maguire, right? It's like you already came with seventy, and they said no. So yeah, yeah. I, they just say hey, match match the Maguire price, and we sell. Maybe that's what it is. You know, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's tough to turn down that kind of money for one defender. Yeah, and he, he oh, yeah. Then we get to see up. uh we get to see Lord Farquaad back in defense. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's not good. Was he even on the bench? No idea. Um, But we do have one last game to quickly chat about, and that is Leeds picking up a 2-1 win against Wolves. They look good. Bit of a a scrap between um, Bruno Lage and Jesse Marsh at the end. Love to see it. Love to see a couple of managers go at it. Good old managerial scrap, man. I miss those. (laughs) Back in the good old days of the Prem. You see that all the time. So, Patrick Bamford being back for Leeds huge. is huge. That is huge. Um, Jose Saar didn't have his best game. I think he'll be really disappointed. Oh, that. that first, that, that goal, first goal. Near yeah. Yeah. that's terrible. Yeah, I'm sorry. You got to save that yeah. every day of the week. Um, I can't remember. The, was it a non-goal for the second? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was a Bamford cross I came across, and I think Ait Nuri trying to get there ahead of... Um, I forget the Leeds player that was trying to get to it. Uh, Aronson. Oh, right, yeah. The boss is our keeper. Scored. Yeah, okay. I remember now. Yeah, I mean, Wolves are typically a pretty tough outfit to, to score against. And um got to say, Leeds look decent. So, who knows? Yeah, Maybe they will be fine. Yeah, they made some good signings, like we said. They did lose their two best players. But all things considered, good start to the season, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, with all that, we did want to discuss something else today. Uh, something that we wanted to touch on last week, but just kind of ran out of time. Um, it's the development of women's football in England. Because, gentlemen, football came home. England are the women's European champions. Yeah, congratulations to the Lionesses. In a fabulous tournament. Um, yeah. I I thought they played. I thought it was a really good tournament. I mean, other than Norway's disaster, which that whole that whole country's approach to women's football is a bit strange, considering the players they have. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, no. Um, I think it's a huge moment. Actually, I think it's um, England's first. Um, I think it's their first success at international level, right? Like uh, since nineteen sixty six. Oh right, even <laughs> for the men as well. Yeah, across exactly. no, it's yeah, it, it's the first time England have won anything, anything since, since nineteen sixty six. That's right. Yeah, 
And um, and like sixty six, they did it in front of their own fans. And it, yeah, it was really it was against f- Germany at Wembley. That's, wow, what uh, parallels <laughs> in extra time. In extra, it's different scoreline, but yeah, different scoreline. There's there's no hat trick this time, but you know, I kind of like a two one scoreline in the final more than a four one anyway. Yeah, um, they dug deep in that final actually because Germany, like um, Germany, were really they scored basically at the times when it looked like Germany were gonna take the lead on both occasions. I mean. Toon's goal was really, really nice, uh, the first one. But um, mm-hmm. who was it that scored that back heel? Do you remember the separate conversation? But do we remember who scored that back heel? Um, I want to say it was Alessia Russo. Yeah, Alessia Russo, yeah, you're right. <laughs> the back heel in the semifinal is my favorite. Double meg back heel yeah. in a European Championship semifinal. Like, if you look at the teams that England went through, they ran the gauntlet too. Because yeah. they beat Spain, who was everyone's picked to win the tournament yeah. in the quarterfinals. They beat Sweden, a um, staple, a staple powerhouse of women's football in the semifinals. They destroyed them yeah. for nothing. And then they beat Germany, the team that's dominated uh, European football on the women's side for the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years I defi- in the final. I, I think. definitely think home advantage played a big part in um, the last two games. Well, not the last two, the quarterfinals and the... It got them over the line, essentially. Uh, two really difficult games against uh, Spain and Germany. But, um, yeah, it's kind of... Uh, it's a crowning moment, I think, for a country that's finally starting to embrace um, women's football. Uh, it's strange for... Uh, I mean, football is England supposed to be... I guess it is technically the home of football. But... Um, the women's side of the game has been overlooked for years. Uh, mm-hmm. I've kind of been following at least Arsenal women for since, I don't know, maybe 2004, 2005. Basically, after the Invincibles, I went crazy about everything Arsenal. So I just paid attention to the academy a lot, paid attention to the... Because it was more football, it was more Arsenal, right? And um, mm-hmm. back then... Arsenal were pretty dominant in the women's game because they were the only team that put in any kind of investment in England. And even then, it wasn't a lot, but um, it brought about some success, leading them to the Champions League. It was just more than any other club, right? Because a lot of major clubs just didn't have women's teams. Yeah, exactly. Um, Back then, it was Birmingham, Arsenal, and Everton, really, that uh, put in any kind of investment. In the women's side, but in the last ten years, you've seen Chelsea really start to invest in the women's side. Yeah. They, they have their own um, separate training ground. They have they now have access to a lot of the same facilities that the men's side of the game, uh, the men's team have as well. Um, Man City as well. They've come in really strong. They didn't have a great season last year, but in the past five years, they've become really strong. And um, what we had Chelsea in the Champions League final two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So and actually, a lot of that England team, um, a lot of that England team now is I think there's a sprinkle of Chelsea, quite a bit of Man City, sprinkle of Arsenal in there as well. 
So the England hey, captain. Um, I'm not gonna let I'm not gonna let you overlook Toon and Russo playing for Man United. And a sprinkle of yes, a sprinkle of Man United there you go. as well. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Our hey. women's team is actually consistently like top four quality. Uh, consistently is like two years. Well, I guess that's Look their out. existence. Hey, so. I will take that. <laughs> yeah. I will take that consistency in my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just show, like even a club like Man United, for a long time they didn't invest in. They didn't have a women's like, team, right? For... Man, U- Man United and Liverpool both just didn't have women's teams until like four or five years ago, something like that. Yeah. Something fairly recent. Yeah. And then they finally started putting that investment in. Um, one thing that I saw was that the Brighton women are going to be playing at the Amex, the same stadium that the men play at, which is a good step forward because the women should also have their games at stadiums, not at training pitches and stuff like that. Um, one person's contribution to this uh, Eurozone can't be overlooked, and that's Serena Weichmann, um, the uh, <laughs> the coach of the England women. And it's a fucking travesty that Philip Neville yep. wasn't anywhere near this team. Yeah, what's he ever done as a coach? I I don't know, man. Like it was England did okay under Phil Neville. It's just but that's because they had felt, a base level of yeah, talent. Exactly. You always felt like. They could do a lot more. Um, could do a lot more with the talent that he had. But um, yeah, Serena Blackman, she's a legend in the game, right? Because I think, did she get, I think Holland won the Euros. Am I right in saying, or did they make the final? Like They um, won last time, right? They, they won the Euros last time, right? And then she made, yeah, they made the final of, was it the World Cup? Um, they, definitely with Holland, they were the highest ranking um European team, I think they made the final. Uh, again, should have checked this before. But uh, um, yes, they did make the final. They did make the final. They lost to the U.S. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I wasn't completely well, wasn't off base. So yeah, um, that is the kind of appointment that a team like England should be making. Getting the best in class, right? A team with a uh, a manager with an actual track record of success, and you could see that um, she managed to foster that same spirit in the England national team. Like, it's difficult with uh, national team squads because not everyone plays, right? So you have mm-hmm. to find a way of getting everyone involved. But, um, yeah. No, I just, I thought, I felt, it was really positive, I felt, because, I mean, looking at things from a grassroots level, um, you see how... I mean, we were talking earlier about when you consider how many clubs there are, let's say in London alone, there may be a hundred clubs for men, like to be able to play football in, very rarely any clubs for young women to, um, very rarely any leagues for young women to go and play. Like that final happens, okay, you and I can go, I mean, we're in Canada, but if we were in the UK, we could go play a men's league, seven aside. You know, like mm-hmm. men's league eleven aside, that needs to be the legacy of this European Championship. Like teams have to actually start paying attention, or the English FA have to start paying attention to grassroots football. Um, and y- you know what I really love is that the women playing on this England team recognize that that needs to be the legacy. Um, they put out a statement um, toward a, a written statement to uh, Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss, the two people 
currently squabbling over the um, prime ministership of the UK, saying that this is something that needs to be done. There needs to be more promotion of like grassroots level, getting girls involved in football at a young age, giving them the opportunities that the men have to play. So I think it's great that the England women are recognizing they're like, we have a chance to make an impact on how this country operates at the grassroots level in terms of football. Yeah. Yeah, because that's been the one advantage teams like Canada and the US have had on um, basically a lot of European teams. Like, basically, the first team I ever coached in Canada was, uh, was a U13 girls team. Like, it was just normal. It's just football, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. England, I, I hope that happens. It's not going to happen overnight. But there was, there was a lot of talk. I mean, high-profile um, ambassadors like Ian Wright, he was really passionate about the need for development as well. It's just something mm-hmm. that can't go in the background. You know, like it's something that can't just die away. Um, I'm sure they'll try and... They'll be at pains to try and uh, continue that conversation when the league games come around. Arsenal have a few games at the Emirates this season. I think they're playing Tottenham very early on, so that should be fun. But um, yeah, all things considered, uh, a positive step for English football. And there's a lot of investment opportunity, you know, like thinking cynically, like just from a financial standpoint, I'm surprised it's something that's been overlooked. If you're an early investor... Can't, can't wait for the Saudis to buy an English women's club. Okay. That'll go well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, will that joke make the edit? I think so. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Will it get me in trouble? Maybe. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess with that being said, that's probably everything we had to cover for today while I go and hide. Um, <laughs> Again. <laughs> please follow us on instagram and twitter at 442 subscribe wherever you get your podcasts um thank you for joining me tommy lads uh good to be here good conversation and um congrats once again tony okay yes <laughs> Th- well, thanks guys i like tommy's um Oh yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> so, he'd already forgotten about Nandy. Yeah, no. Thanks for the chat. No, no, no. Yeah. Don't worry, Tony. I would never forget about you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.